Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Well, Mark, great to be with you again on another uh, episode of Informed Dissent. And we've got a special guest with us tonight uh, that most of our audience, I think, will recognize by the audio clip that we're about to play. So, uh, Doc, if you can roll that, that'd be great. Well, Penelope, she, she's only two, so I think she'd be happy oh. with just about eight. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful that you have a two-year-old. Well, well I, have a Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas. And by the way... You guys have to be in bed by Very 9 o'clock, you know, and asleep between 9 know. and 12, or he doesn't show up. This isn't to you, Jared. This is to the kids. That's right. <laughs> well, I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry Christmas, you. and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I <laughs> yeah. agree. Hey, by the way, where, are you in Oregon? Where's your home? I think we lost him. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> I still so, laugh when I see that. So we our our guest our guest tonight was that caller to President Biden on Christmas Eve, and uh, his name is Jared. And Jared, welcome to Informed Dissent. Thank you very much for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. Tell us about that call. First of all. How'd you get to, how'd you end up being able to call the president of the United States on Christmas Eve? <laughs> so my sons and I have been calling NORAD for the past several years to find out when Santa Claus is coming to, to our area. And that's all this started as we were just doing our, our annual phone call. Um, when the volunteer answered, uh, she said that first lady Biden was taking calls and asked if we'd like to speak to her. And I, said sure why not and uh yeah i mean we <laughs> that that's it we waited on hold for about 20 minutes um and maybe about 10 minutes into it i started thinking maybe this is going to be a real phone call and not some automated thing and uh sure enough it was actually both of them which surprised me and uh yeah <laughs> that's how it happened <laughs> and uh so at what point did you make the decision that you were going to say, uh, well, thank you, Mr. President, and let's go, let's go, Brandon? About halfway uh -huh. through the phone call, uh, it just kind of like, I, hey, I got a chance right now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be uh, cordial uh, through the phone call. There's no reason not to be cordial. Um, when I said Merry Christmas, I 100% meant it. That's not a term I use lightly, and it's not a term used nearly enough anymore. Uh, but you know, I, I had that opportunity to, to voice, uh, some of the, uh, the frustration that I, I, and several millions of people around the world have, uh, with, with this administration. And so, uh, I decided to take Were the you opportunity surprised that he repeated the phrase back to you. So I didn't know he repeated it. They cut my phone call off as soon oh, as I said, let's go they did. Of course and they it, did. That's why yeah, you said we lost him. And it was a, a delayed phone call. And uh, I mean, it was a delayed phone call, so it was already a little bit hard to carry a conversation um, because of that. Uh, and it was maybe 10 minutes later when we my wife saw it on social media uh, from the the exact soundbite that you just played. Um, and 
Yeah, we were we were rolling pretty hard at that point. <laughs> so I, I understand you live up in Oregon, and I understand you were you were a police officer yes, for sir. many years, and then you resigned at some point. Yeah, so I um, became a police officer in April of 2012 at the Medford Police Department, and I resigned in July of 2018. Um, during my time at the police department, I was a field training officer as well as a drug recognition expert. Um, really passionate about DUIs. Um, DUIs are a huge problem across this nation. Uh, and uh, the science behind it was also very uh, intriguing to me as well. So that's kind of the, the uh, that was my main focus. Um, but in the time working as a police officer, uh, our uh, progressive governor uh, and our progressive uh, policies in this state were making it increasingly difficult to do the job uh, safely, to do the job right and well. Um, and, uh, it's very frustrating. Um, but, uh, I had an opportunity kind of fall in my lap. My parents own an electrical contracting company, which I had worked for in the past as an electrician. Um, and they were in need of someone, uh, to manage the office supply project management and run the, the, uh, the safety side of the company. And so we prayed about it and made, I made the decision to, to, jump uh in july of 2018 any regrets uh yes and no <laughs> i would say generally no um this has been 100 percent better for my family i really miss the work i miss uh the camaraderie uh as some of the best men and women i've ever worked with um and uh so i, I do miss that a lot uh and i you're every day you have an opportunity to make a difference in someone's life you have that every day regardless but it it was just in a, in a constant capacity as a police officer. You, you constantly have that opportunity all shift long. And so I do miss that side of it. But I also feel that, you know, that was my calling at the time. It provided me with a, a great skill set that I can use elsewhere in life um, and that I, you know, I can positively impact people in other ways. Um, and so at the end of the day, no, while I miss the work a lot, I don't regret my decision and to, so to move on. You're, you're on the phone with the most powerful uh, person in the world, and you decide to express your dissent. What's been the What's been the fallout since you did that? Uh, quite a bit. Initially, it was a lot of people laughing and think that you know thinking that it was funny. Um, I went ahead and put a video on YouTube as well from our side of the phone call. Um, after I saw an article claiming that I had yelled at Biden, um, which I, I didn't. Uh, so we went ahead and posted that. I knew that that would probably result in, in more discourse, and, and it definitely did. This is kind of their game plan. Um, we see this time and time again, uh, the, uh, the push to silence and strike fear into people um, when they are speaking out against uh what they're doing. And so on Christmas Eve, which is when this has happened, well, you know, when this happened, we had started receiving some text messages and calls, but it didn't really explode until Christmas day. I got a call from the Oregonian, which is a, a newspaper up in Portland um, that I'm not really sure if anyone reads anymore, <laughs> but um, they called me during Christmas breakfast and and uh, told me, you know, asked me if I wanted to talk. And I, I 
started to talk with with her a little bit, and I, I told her I, I really don't I really don't want to talk about this. Uh, I'm having Christmas breakfast with my family. I don't want my name in any articles or anything like that. And she told me, well, it's too late. Your name's going to be in an article. So I went ahead and, and talked to her. Um, and uh, frankly, they took a lot of my statements uh, out of the full context that I was trying to convey. Uh, maybe I could have done a better job uh, of trying to convey what I was getting across. Um, just the fact that uh, Let's Go Brandon encompasses our frustrations with this administration, the mainstream media, the cancel culture, um, and it, it everything, everything all tied together. Um, and that uh, I don't follow any one man blindly, including Donald Trump. Uh, I've supported him from day one because, uh, in my opinion, he is the, the greatest president, at least in, in modern times, if not the greatest we've ever had. But I'm not a blind follower of Trump. I follow Jesus Christ. And uh, what this administration is doing is is directly against all of my core values and beliefs. Um, that uh, night, we got a boatload of phone calls, text messages. Uh, most of them were just just vile um, insults and whatnot. But there were some that were death threats uh, to me, death threats to my wife, my kids. Uh, my parents started receiving phone calls, my cousins, um, business partners, um, our company started receiving phone calls. Someone, had, uh, or I don't know if it was one person or several people tried to hack into our, our website. Um, and uh, we've received quite a bit of hate mail, uh, both at work, my house, my parents' house. Um, and it has slowed down a little bit, but it, it was pretty... They do a good job of making you feel like you're alone. Um, how are the How are the kids handling it? They're good now. They're good now. They were pretty shaken up. And actually, I mean, I'm glad you asked that question because my at one point, my 11 year old, who's he's my oldest. I have an 11 year old, an eight year old, a four year old, and a two year old. And uh, my two boys probably understand this. Definitely understand this more than than uh, my four year old does. Um, but my 11 year old at one point was very stressed out about it. And he told me that he wished I had just never said it so he wouldn't have to deal with any of this. And so I sat down with him and explained why it is important to be able to use our voices when, I mean, that's, that's America. That, that what, no matter what side of the political fence that you're on, that that's America and, and that's our, our God given right. And uh, they are trying to take that away um, and how they respond. Uh, the media did the same sort of a thing. They ran story after story on me the week after this happened and calling me an insurrectionist, a slow motion insurrectionist, I believe is what I was called. Um, and it's just, uh, we, we can't bow down to this effort. So I understand the feeling of like, man, dad, I wish you wouldn't have said that, but that's not the right way to, we, we have to use our voice and we have to stand up. They don't want us to. And, and this is what they do to try and, and keep us down and keep us in submission. Uh, and so once I explained that to him, he has, he, he understands. And uh, we do homeschool our kids. They, they're learning actual American history and uh, the, the importance of uh, the Declaration of Independence, the importance of our Constitution and why every single word uh, in those documents matters. And it matters, in my opinion, I mean, at least in my lifetime, it's never mattered as much as it matters right now. Um, and so 
he understands. And so, yeah, my, my kids are good now. Um, they haven't really looked back since that, since that conversation. And how about your wife? How's she doing? She's doing great. She, uh, that, that second night, Christmas night, um, is when we kind of all were like, what is going on? Cause it, it was just endless. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Every, every couple minutes, uh, phones just blowing up all night long and my parents too. And, uh, right at about uh, maybe four or four o'clock in the morning, I was texting my mom actually, um, cause she was up, um, getting phone calls and, and whatnot as well. And we just all prayed and, uh, prayed for, for the Lord's guidance and all of this. And we haven't looked back since. And I do feel that, I mean, I, I am a Christian man. That's the, the core of, of who I am, which some people have questioned me on because of what Let's Go Brandon started as, which is a, a meme that was created by the mainstream media after crowds across the nation were chanting expletives towards the president. But um, it, it encompasses more than just the expletive. Uh, it, it's the all-encompassing frustration that we have with everything that they're doing. And I can go through the list, um, but I know you guys are aware of, of all of the issues. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, she's, my, my wife's good. We're, we're, uh, she's, she's got my back on this completely. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that, but she she has my back completely. And Jared, has there been any, um, uh, contact with uh, any, any of the federal agencies, the FBI, CIA, et cetera? No, none at all. Yeah, let's hope let's hope they leave you alone. Mm-hmm. And, I hope so. And uh, when are you going to be running for Congress? <laughs> uh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's going to be a God thing. And that's one thing that's where I was going on the previous question and I lost my train of thought. Um, this, this for me is a, a God thing. We feel that God's given me this platform to speak, and uh, I don't know what he has for me in it, but whatever I do, I want to glorify him. And this, so this is, this is about a lot more than a phone call. Um, this is a, a, a lot more than, than Joe Biden, than what's happening on this planet right now. Uh, it, it's, this is a God thing. It's, it's all God, and we have to, to keep our eyes on him. Um, and understand that this is all written and he calls us to, to fight. I mean, this, that's, that's, we're, we're in a fight right now. It's a spiritual battle. I firmly believe it's a spiritual battle. And, uh, and so whether office is something like some form, some capacity, uh, whether it's Congress or, or, um, just doing something locally, uh, or, uh, Maybe just one of these interviews uh, gets someone to think and, and to use their voice in a positive way to try and, and stand up for our God-given freedoms. Um, whatever he has for me, I'm I'm down for the ride. That's awesome. Well, listen, I, I think that's what Mark and I are are always hopeful that by us speaking out, there'll be other physicians that will have the courage to speak out and and other. Uh, people across the country that will hear our voice and give them um, a little bit more energy, some ideas, some thoughts that they aren't alone. Because it can feel really lonely when you're taking incoming. Um, it, it it hurts. You know, people call you courageous, but it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt when you're getting death, th- death threats and you're 
uh, Oregonian newspaper is, uh, is calling you names and so forth. I, I know what that feels like. And it's so important that people like you and others continue to speak out in whatever avenue they can. And uh, I, you know, listen, I, I, think, I think it is a God thing. Uh, you were on that phone call for, for a moment. Uh, you had the courage and the energy and the thought to express your dissent and your displeasure. And as a result, now you're in a position to influence others and to help others find their voice. And I'm really glad that you, you do this uh, from a Christian perspective. I think too often the religious world is given a bad name. The, the evangelical pastors that have stood up to keep their churches open and have preached uh, from their church um, politics and freedom and liberty, I think that's important. So I agree with you that the path forward here is not the election of a savior. Uh, we tried that with Donald Trump, and although he did some really good things, that's not ultimately what's going to save America. I think it will be a spiritual revival throughout the country uh, where people turn back to what's important. And what's important isn't the government. What's important is family, God, freedom, uh, and, and all those things, the Judeo-Christian principles that our country was found, founded upon. And so when I hear you speak the way you do, it's reminiscent of that. You're but one voice, but there's millions of us and millions of people like you that hopefully are hearing your voice and, and are encouraged to also speak out. I agree completely. I mean, that that absolutely nails it on the head. And um, it's not something that I believe the mainstream media and just the, for lack of a better word, the, the leftists uh, can understand. And... Uh, you know, I, I pray, I, I pray every single day um, that that some of these people will will just begin to understand what's what's going on. And because if we don't stand up, we will have no freedom. Uh, I I would be shocked if our freedom wasn't gone before I'm gone. And so I definitely know my kids will be dealing with it. And that is the uh, the main motivator. I've been brought up to be politically acute, I guess. I'm, I've always been aware of what's going on, never involved politically, but just aware of what's going on. And uh, I'm very pro-life. So that was always like, okay, well, that's the first thing on my list when I'm voting for someone. But as I've gotten older and now that I have children and I'm seeing the big picture, I'm getting into this family business and seeing what uh, progressive agendas can do to small businesses um, what these mandates do to small businesses um, and to just people in general, the psychology. I, I saw a, a picture of uh, a school, a class, like a second grade class, and I posted it on my Insta Instagram tonight. Um, I don't know where in Oregon, but someplace in Oregon, and every student is, you know, for their, their class pictures is wearing a mask. And I just don't, I just don't understand it. It's not right. And I think it's negatively affecting our youth. And these are people that are going to grow up to be police officers, judges, politicians, doctors. I mean, it's they're going to take on that role at some point. And what is this all doing to their mindset and their understanding of freedom and what our nation is founded on? I, I scares the crap out of me, yeah, honestly. We're really, <laughs> just, you know, we're really teaching people to be submissive and passive. And, uh, and to just follow, follow the, the rules and, and follow our leaders and so forth. 
And it never used to be that way. You know, this country was designed to have a very small central government, and it was the states and the citizens that ran the country, not the government. And now we've seen just the opposite happen. You know, the, the good news is um, COVID and our current administration has really become a wake-up call uh, for America. I mean, I know people that are, you know, center-left that are disgusted by what's happening uh, with the takeover of the federal government of the states um, and the activism on the judiciary. You know, thank goodness we've got a Supreme Court that uh, I think is leaning our way, and we'll see that hopefully with their decision on life. Um, but there's a there's awakening, I think, going on right now in the country. And uh, I'm hopeful that people like you that will find a voice that will be uh, influencing others to find a voice, your children, for example, what a great role model you are for your children, uh, that will take back this country and return it to the Judeo-Christian values that, uh, that, that America was founded on. Amen. So if people want to follow you and learn more about what you're doing, is there, do you have social media? Is there a mechanism that they can do that? Yeah, I, I'm just learning how to use social media, which ask I know your, might be hard to believe, but my wife has to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, my wife is showing me how to do everything. And I'm primarily on Instagram, uh, at the real Jared Schmeck is, uh, my tag on there. And, uh, I, that's where I'm the most active. It is attached to a Facebook, but I'm not typically on Facebook very much. Um, I have a getter, um, which is uh, just at Jared Schmeck um, as well. And I'll be on Truth Social whenever yeah. that launches. I, I think, I I think it was your mom, actually, that reached out to me on uh, Instagram. She private messaged me on Instagram. She watched a post or a talk I gave or something. And we, we started chatting and I, I learned she was the mother of Jared. And uh, that's how we, that's how we ultimately got to you. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you, you taking the time to reach out to me. And yeah, it was the, uh, it, it was the town hall, I believe at, that's at right. Pastor yeah, Jack that's Hibbs right. church that she had watched. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Jared, you know, there's something that, that jumps out at me uh, when I hear you speak, which is that you're willing to take a risk. And I've been speaking about this now for probably over a year and a half. And one of the themes that keeps recurring in all of my speeches, all of my talks, is the absence of people who are willing to do that. And the presence of people who are sitting back waiting for the Messiah to come. And that was Donald Trump. And clearly, he's not the Messiah. He's a human being, just like the rest of us with his uh, flaws and his strengths. And unless he's backed up by the citizens, he can't succeed fully. And I blame, to a large degree, the failure of the American people to fully support him, to uh, encourage him to continue to place him at the front line so that he takes all the incoming fire and everyone else can just stand behind and reap the benefits for the ultimate uh, letdown that we had in the election. There are other causes, but I think that's one that I notice as a psychiatrist. So... The fact that there are individuals like you who are not just speaking out, but actually accepting the risk that that costs them is, I think, the most important example of what Americans, plural, can and should be doing to get their country back. It's not going to be re regained by a couple of elite political commandos who swoop in and take back the White House. It has to come from the ground up. It has to come from us. It has to come from we the people, just like our country was founded on. I really believe that is the one and only way for us to take back our country. And we need more people like you that are standing up, willing to take the risk. 
I said something innocuous, <clears throat> very innocuous. I thought last summer when I was on a conference call with Governor Ron DeSantis out of Florida, and I said, we need to stop masking our children. This is abusive. And that's the first time in my lifetime that I started receiving death threats. Unmask your child caused death threats. Now, I could have just curled up in a ball in a corner and shut off all of my social media and stopped talking, but I actually felt encouraged. I just deleted all the messages and I spoke out twice as hard. And when the newspapers came calling like the Oregonian did for you, for me, it was the Florida newspapers. I just let them have it. And the death threat stopped. The trolls disappeared. They realized they couldn't intimidate me. And I just came back twice as strong. So I, I think that is the path. That is the way to go. And I think you, you really set a great example for the rest of us uh, to be doing what you are and willing to take that risk and to keep speaking out. Well, I, I really appreciate that. And when it comes down to it is that they will back down because we, our foundation is based on truth. And theirs is Very not. <laughs> so at the end of the day, we keep speaking the truth. That's where the strength comes from. They will back down. Truth. And it, yeah, you, you need a strong foundation to have a good argument. And there's nothing more powerful than the truth. You, you can't right. combat it. So as long as we don't shut up and sit down, as long as we, we stay out there and, and keep speaking up. And I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I looked into, into what you guys are doing once, uh, I, once my mom had let me know that she had reached out to you guys and it takes a lot to do what you, especially as doctors and to, to be a part of this, this movement where there's a, a huge force against what you guys are standing up for, which is our freedom. Um, so I, I really want to thank you guys for what you're doing. It means it, the world to, to me. It means the world to my family. Well, thank, um, so thank, thank you, you for saying that, Jared. Thanks, Jared. You know, we, we learned that our podcast is actually heard throughout the world. And um, it's a little bit intimidating, but also encouraging when we hear that. So knowing that, what's your message to freedom, liberty-loving uh, citizens of the world that are tuning in? My message would be to just continue to speak the truth. Um, I would encourage anyone and everyone to open up a Bible. And because the, the words of wisdom there are exactly, I mean, if, if you don't mind, Please I'll do. read a quick verse. Um, and so one second here, I guess I'm going to find it. It's on Kindle, right? All right. So this is, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and I actually posted this today. Um, this is, it's a powerful verse. It's second uh, Corinthians three verses 16 through 17. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that's just, it's a hugely powerful verse, and it's so true. And that's something that, that no one can take away from us. So my encouragement would be to keep using your voice in a positive and effective way with, through our foundation of truth. And don't let them intimidate you because they use the same tactics every time. And at the end of the day, yeah. you know, God wins. So they, they, they can't, they Give can't Give me that citation truth. again. What was it? Corinthians. Yeah. It's uh second Corinthians chapter three, verse verses 16 and 17. That's awesome. Very powerful. Well, listen, Jared, thank you so much for joining informed dissent. We really appreciate the work that you're doing, uh, the courage that you have to speak out to America and uh, Godspeed to you in your efforts 
And uh, we hope to hear a lot more from you in the future. Thank you. God bless. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.